today on Ovias and Julio. NC State head football coach Dave Dorn's got beef with Steve Smith. Or does he? We'll explain who he's really taking issue with. Meanwhile, North Carolina did it again. What can we expect the rest of their season? Congrats to the Carolina Panthers. They finally won a game. That means Bryce Young is better than C.J. Stroud, right? Right? Meanwhile, the Carolina Hurricanes look like they're back on track. Speaking of being on track, we are on track for some great numbers in the month of October and looking forward to another great month in November. And that's all thanks to you. Thanks to everybody who's thrown us five stars on their favorite podcast platform. You know what to do. You got to protect the fortress. Five stars only. Positive vibes only. And smash that subscribe button. We're getting very close to 5K subscribers on YouTube. Let's get it done. OG. 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 Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online, copiers-plus.com. I feel like we have to hit up Drew uh, over at Copiers Plus to get a Kyocera scanner in the studio space because this whole business of taking pictures of your pie charts and then like presenting, this is, we're not experts at document management, Joe. Okay, no, for real. Do you know why we need Drew? I was in the porta potties. At Carter Finley Stadium on Saturday. Where's this going? And I saw Where's no, I saw an advertisement. <laughs> it was just a printed out ad, and I was like, captive audience, brilliant. Ooh. So we need to print out yeah. a picture from our glamour studio uh album cover shot. Yeah, from Ethan with a QR code that Ooh. says the best sports talk in town. Put it in the, the porta potty, <laughs> and people will have their phone. And I'm telling you, man, I, I need to text you right now. You know what? That's appropriate for today's show because people talking shit. They are. So we yeah. might as well put it in the porta, John. <laughs> yeah. You know, if when people talk shit while you're taking a shit, come see us. That's a slogan. Maybe I want the workshop that I'm sure Drew's really appreciative of this when it comes to the copiers plus read. Anyway, check them out online at copiers plus. You'll remember it. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's actually talk. There's, there's so much to get into today. Okay. Uh, and locally. Yes. Between NC state and North Carolina and shout out to the Carolina Panthers. They finally got their win. The Carolina hurricanes. Maybe they're back on their thing. They're, they're back on their shit. We'll see. Uh, but let's actually start with NC State and Clemson. And let's talk about the football field action first. Okay. All right. A lot to like from NC State, actually. Look, that that is a consistency with Dave Dorn squads. They come out of open weeks where they, when they have to make adjustments, they will make those adjustments. And I think the biggest takeaway for the NC State win is what, Joe? Clean game. After 21 penalties in their two ACC losses, they had two total for six yards. Yeah. Didn't get penalized until the end of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. Cleaned up all of those mistakes. Okay. Also, they found out, hey, Kevin Concepcion is our best player. We need to continue to give him the ball and not just every now and then, but give him the ball and let him make plays. He made two huge plays in this game to set up their two of their offensive touchdowns in this game. Mm -hmm. So, Coming off an open date, you identify who your best players are. You get them the ball. Coming off that open date, you want you you figure out what mistakes you can fix, and they fix them. And then, of course, Peyton Wilson is worth every single dollar they have spent on him in NIL because he's just been outstanding. His pick six ultimately ends up being the difference in this game. What if they made the whole team out of Peyton Wilson's? They really need to because uh, <laughs> his heart, his drive, energy, you know, it's just, it's, he's so not, evident that he's just so all over the place. And yeah, it's amazing, really. He's not going to win. I'd be shocked if he wins ACC Defensive Player of the Year because of State's record, because of the kind of season. It could be held having. against you, sure. It's going to be held against you. But anybody who has watched NC State oh, play this season has to no come doubt. away going that he's that dude. He really, I, I, I know that the idea of he is him is overplayed. I know I'm a 44-year-old man going, he is him. I get all that stuff. But really, there's no other way to describe the way Peyton Wilson plays. And you see NC State's defense when he's on the field, and you see NC State's defense when he's off the field. Yeah. And things started getting a little squirrely for NC State down the line. Although, to borrow a phrase from you that you used with Commissioner Jim Phillips, is it a feature or a bug? The way NC State goes about these wins is the feature. It's not the bug. Dave wants to win a particular way. They got enough. And I think they tried to squeeze that thing out and they kind of backed off of taking advantage of Clemson's problems offensively and Cade Klubnick not being able to get the ball out fast enough. And that's 
ultimately my biggest takeaway. I was going to say, there's a flip side I to wanna, this. I, look, man, props to State because <laughs> yeah. I said on Thursday, I don't know what to make of NC State's year the rest of the way. Not that I think they're going to, because Dave's, team, Dave's teams don't quit. Right. They don't. They never do. And I, I was going to be curious to see how it went. So the win in and of itself does not surprise me. But what does surprise me is here we are with Clemson and you watch them and you go, man, this ain't, I can't, I wasn't going to say this isn't your father's Clemson team because we're not that far removed from when it was. They need guys, man. They, they just, we talk about talent erasers. And when you've, and we see this with Clemson, with Florida State, you know, Keon Coleman's the reason why life was miserable for Wake Forest this past weekend. Yeah. I mean, big boy play after big boy Michigan play. Michigan State transfer. Yep. What to transfer? Where mm-hmm. is that on Clemson? Where is that on Clemson? And Dabo's doubling down. It's tripling down at this point, really. Leaves you to, you know, it's funny, a question you asked me via text over the weekend. You said, would you rather be NC State fan or Clemson fan at this point? The answer is going to be Clemson fan because you know what Clemson's done in the last 10 years and NC State hasn't? Oh, I don't know. Win two national championships and run the league. But But that almost makes it more frustrating. But, (laughs) and it's what makes it even more frustrating is the way Dabo refuses to adapt. And it's... When the answer is obvious and the guy in charge refuses to do the obvious thing, you have every right to be pissed off at your head coach. Clemson has no reason to have the talent drain that they've had in a world where NIL matters and the transfer portal matters. You should be able to identify those dudes and bring them to your school because there's a culture there. And instead, you got Dabo saying, hey, man, I mean, I guess in a way we've been debating what is what is Dave Dorn's big signature win? Well, hell, beating an undefeated Clemson yeah. team at home is probably a big deal because they were 7-0 and if you think about it, Joe. You're right. Uh, and actually, they should be 8-0 and if you think about it. Take away that take away Peyton Wilson. Six. Hey, man, that's an 8-0 and team. I mean, hey, Clemson should absolutely still be in the running for a New Year's Six Bowl game if, if you think about it, Joe. There were times <laughs> where I thought either Matt Canada or Tim Beck was calling Ooh. Clemson's plays Ooh. on Saturday. Ooh. Their best player is their tight end, Jake Brining. So I believe he's the only pro on their offense. Dude. How many times have you been able to say that about Clemson? Like normally you look at Clemson and go, okay, there's a pro, there's a guy, there's another guy. They literally have one guy right now who I think will end up playing in the NFL. Yeah. And I, and I love Will Shipley and, and I hope he's okay because he got bent in half at the goal right. line and you never want to see that. And this is the second time now that he's been to NC State. You think you can get away from NC State shit, sir? <laughs> oh, no. He's played in Carter Finley now twice as a Clemson Tiger and left lost. in both games and, and lost, lost both games. Yeah. So you, you, your whole family graduated from state. But you Man. decided to go to Clemson. So I'm not, I hope you're okay. Seriously, hope you're okay. But I, I did note, I took a little note there. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Wolf Blood, this is what happens. You think you can run. And, and here's where we are with Clemson right now. And shout out to our guy, Patrick Stevens, over at the Washington Post, who pulled these little fun facts. Tigers have not, uh, the Tigers have lost as many conference games this season as they had in the past six combined. And they're not going to record a season with double-digit victories for the first time since 2010. Now, that's the current state of Clemson, which actually segues us into why Dave was stealing it after the fact. When you've only beaten Dabo since you've been there two times, and when this season has been particularly salty, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago as it relates to its a cumulative effect. Dave Doran entering the Herb Sendek zone, meaning that the whole point of that conversation we had a couple weeks ago was about the fan base having already decided how they feel about their head coach. And every win is a shoulder shrug, and every loss is a referendum on the program and what you've built in year 11, Joe. I mean, how many times have we seen? It's year 11. But when you're Dave, and you've constantly butt your head up against what Clemson's built, and when you get over on them twice in three years, no matter how bad they might be, you're going to feel it. And that's, well, that's what got when, us. That's when Salty Dave comes out. And that's what got us to the post game. So this requires a good bit of context because it took me a little bit of time on Saturday to piece all this stuff together, having come back from Jacob's hockey yeah. game. I'm down in the parking lot. People are like, did you just hear what Doran said? Happened? And I'm like, wait, Steve Smith, the right Panther? Right. Like, what are you talking about so, right so, now? So Steve Smith was Panther the, a legend? Ice up, son? Mr. 89? Like, what are we talking about? Blood and guts, Joe. <laughs> Blood and guts. So He's mad at who? Steve Smith was the guest picker on College Game Day. On ESPN. On ESPN. On a pregame show. Seriously, how many times have you watched Game Day? I have not watched Game Day at all this year. No, I'm like, ever. No, ever. No, when I was like, younger. Yeah, like, yeah, as an adult, I don't who, watch Game Day. Who watches Game Day? Like, 
Who, who's coaches like, apparently do. <laughs> coaches in apparently the, do. In the locker room. So so here's Steve Smith on game day doing the, the picks. And Ryan Day. I shouldn't, I shouldn't well, exclude. Like coaches it's not do. like, Dave, that's not like Dave's do. on an which, island here. We'll, we'll put a pin in that because I, this is why I have zero issues what happened. Here's Steve Smith doing the doing the guest picking thing. They're not the, yeah. the Clemson we've yeah. loved over the years. But NC State, unfortunately, they're waiting for basketball to start. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. So, all right, a couple of things here. I have a question. Do you think Steve Smith got his triangle schools confused? I kind of sort of do, yeah. Okay. He's like, yeah, you know, it's the tri- it's Tobacco Road. They play basketball. And it's basketball season. Now, that's again, that's a joke that's usually used for North Carolina, which, yeah. shh, by the way, it's officially basketball season in Chapel Hill, which we'll get to in a second. Herb Street agrees. Yeah, Herbie. Herbie oh, agrees. He's, he's not getting the Annabelle special from that one. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so this, you know, so fast forward to the end of the game. I thought nothing of it. It's just Steve Smith, man. It's just Steve Smith. I, don't, I, I didn't think anything of it. Clearly, Dave Noren did. So that was ESPN. This game was on the CW. Right. Dave does the post Shout game. Star guys, man. Dave does the post game. And after he gets done talking about, you know, glory to God and everything else, it's time to turn to the camera and go, Macho Man, Randy Seven. Oh, yeah. Where does that faith come from? What do you see in that locker room on a day-to-day basis? Heart, spirit, love, perseverance, grit, all the stuff our world needs. Uh, tell Steve Smith in the studio, this ain't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. <laughs> No, I'm thinking, I caught that. I caught that in real time. I caught that in real time. I was making notes. I had it on in the background. He said that. I looked up and went, wait a minute. And my first thought was, where's Kevin Keats? Have you texted Kevin Keats? No. Has Ke- did Kevin Keats text Dave Dorn like, hey, man, like, why do you like, what do what, what I got what, what to do with this, man? Has Wes Moore, did he, did he, did he break away from Dallas Cowboys previews for the weekend to see if Dak Prescott's a lead or not? Did Wes Moore go, buddy? We've won some, we've done something you haven't done. We've won the ACC. Come on, man. We're like, what's going on? So Dave, after the game, adds a little bit more context. He does do the whole like all sports matter for NC State. This is from our guy JC Wolfpack Central. He added more context to what's going on with Steve Smith and what got him to this point. Yeah, I mean, for a guy that lives in Charlotte, he clearly has got his head faced west to Utah all the time, which you know I understand, and no disrespect to him, but he disrespected our program. And uh, I'm not going to let people do that. These kids have worked their butt off. Um, we've won a lot of football games here. And in my tenure, I think we're second or third in the ACC and wins in football. So, you know, he can take that and put it where it belongs. But this is not a basketball school. This is a great, great school that has great sports. And football is one of them. And uh, so, yeah, if he wants to come see me, we can talk about that. But, you know, do your homework before you start talking shit. So that's Dave Dorn after the game. And then Trayvon Miles over at ABC 11. He was at the Panthers game yesterday. Steve Smith happened to be at the Panthers game yesterday. He walked up to Steve Smith and uh, from Trayvon's tweet, Smith just told me that he and Dave have already talked, said Dorn invited him to watch a game from the NC State sideline. So be on the lookout for that, I guess. I hope it turns into some fantastic content. And that's what this is. It's fantastic content. We've we've had a season where I've made the argument, Joe, that Deion Sanders has unlocked that WWE showmanship out of some coaches. You referenced Ryan Day. I mean, for heaven's sake, Ryan Day was picking a fight with old man. All right, I would. I'd prefer to pick a fight with Lou Holtz before I did with Mister Ice Up. I would. Oh, I would not on. start with Steve. Smith. I think Steve Smith probably respects that in the grand scheme of things. Like, oh, you talking shit back? All right, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't think it's going to be I blood would, and guts. I would not step. To but Steve Smith. Th- so. <laughs> That's and just me. so on the surface, on the surface, I'm going to be up front and say, I don't think it's that deep. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that deep. I saw some well acting, like, yeah, oh, we, we, Steve Smith, it's not, it hasn't even been a basketball school in 20 years. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Like, I'm doing the hand wank motion on YouTube. Like, you know what, guys? Just let him cook. Like, I don't want to go full Animal House because our younger audience has never seen Animal House, but it's very much like, a, you know what? He's rolling. He's rolling right now. So I enjoy the content. I enjoy the fact that coaches are out there doing WWE. However, Joe. Yeah, I, I actually do think this is a little bit deeper than you're making it because. Oh, I, I, at the surface, I think the Dave Dorn press conference after the fact probably yeah. means that there's probably something a little deeper here. I think he's using Steve Smith as an avatar for the fans who yeah. are disgruntled with him. Fair. And the way that this season has gone, or maybe even that his tenure has gone. 
uh, with the win on Saturday, he is now, now Dave Dorn has 77 career wins at NC state, which mm. is the most it, it tied for the most in school history on the surface. You go, that's, that is an impressive accomplishment. Anytime you were the school's leader in wins, mm-hmm. that should, you should make a big deal about that. Right. It is the most NC state thing ever though, that Earl Edwards has the record for the most wins at NC state, but has an overall losing record mm-hmm. at NC state. Now football was different back yeah. in the sixties in the 17 years that Earl Edwards was there. First of all, they played uh, an average of 10 games a year and, so, and only four times in his career that they play 11 games in a season. Okay. Um, so he played 173 games in 17 years. Dave's played 134 in 11. Earl Edwards, 77, 88, and 8 overall. Uh, Dave Doran is 77, 57 overall. That's pretty good, Joe. Yeah. In the ACC, though, where Dave Doran got his own math, he needs to go back and work on his homework. 40 and 46. So they're not second or third in, in his tenure in okay. wins. Okay. Uh, Florida State, Clemson, Miami, maybe even Georgia Tech has him on that one. Pitt. Um, so you have to look at that. And you go 40 and 46 in the ACC. And you look at the pie chart for the first time in the history of the, of the yellow pad. I created a pie chart because of those 77 wins, 40 are against the ACC. That's 52%. 23 are against group of five schools. 23. So uh, 30% are against group of five schools. Not great. Uh, 10 of those are against one double A teams. Mm-hmm. Again, you're padding and getting to 77 in a way that is not exactly exemplary. That's fine. And that's fine. That's also part of the modern game. Mm-hmm. So on the plus side, you have the longevity. Getting to year 11 is an accomplishment. You have the budget constraints. NC State is is the probably last amongst public schools in spending. Mm-hmm. You add in private schools. Yeah, they probably spend more than Boston College, but congratulations. Um, so <laughs> what they're doing, what he's doing, is he's outperforming his financial resources. Yes. That is impressive. Yes. Lasting 11 years is impressive. However, Here's the part where Dave is missing the boat a little bit. When you don't have a division title, when you don't have a conference title, when you don't have a trip to a major bowl game, when you haven't won 10 games in a season, which during his tenure, there's only two schools that haven't won 10 games in a season, NC State and Virginia. Mm -hmm. It regularly happens. People regularly win divisions. People regularly win conference. NC State just hasn't. And they haven't. Yeah. So when you don't have that. Wake Forest won a division while this is all going on. And had a 10-win season. When you, when you don't have that, mm-hmm. you look at it and you go, well, why would Steve Smith, who only tangentially probably pays attention to college football, right. know who you are? Yeah, there's no reason to. There's not a reason. You have to give people a reason to. <laughs> now, the other flip side of this is, I think Dave looks at this and goes, hey, I want respect for what I've done, which I, I think all of us can. Everybody wants their flowers, res- man. Look, everybody wants respect I, I, for the work that they've put in. Yes. But I, I think that's a natural human. Like, I feel, I if you're Dave, you feel that. You, you know, you, you want to get to the heart of what Dave's problem is? And I think you're about to. The heart, <laughs> Dave's problem is that what he what he's doing at NC State is what you would expect, and I use this for I use this phrase a lot. What you expect that about ninety eight percent of college football programs. All right, to your I'm not going to disagree with your point. You're absolutely right. At this point in a in a conference where everybody is at one a division, everybody's gotten to these marks, and you haven't. Yeah, man, that that is a frustration point. But those are like little blips, little blips for an overall pattern. I think the bigger issue for Dave, and I think some of it is his own fault. Mm-hmm. because of NC State's messaging, is that what has NC State accomplished under Dave Dorn compared to his main comparison, North Carolina and Mac Brown, who gets all the flowers all the time. And in the grand scheme of things, this 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 is a, a launching off point to get to North Carolina in a second. But ultimately, what has been accomplished at North Carolina? Yes, they won the last ever Coastal Division. Yes, they made it to a New Year's Six Bowl. Where they got smoked with eight wins, with eight wins. No, that's the funny part about. I, I forgot about the eight. They wins had mark. the same record as NC State. So North Carolina has done less with more. You talk about budgets. Right. North Carolina has all the budgets that they would want. They've got great facilities. They have access to all the recruits. They have Mac Brown, who gets all the love, all the flowers, all my, all the Miley Cyrus Silas flowers, and Dave doesn't. Now, so since Mac two point yeah. Max ACC record 23 and 16 mm-hmm. Dave's ACC record 20 and 18 head to head two and two. It gets back to the point that I've always made that there's as much as people want to make it out. Some, some difference and, between North Carolina and C state. They're basically the same. You know, that Pam Mac has not won 10 games. By the way, you, you, you know, the Pam office meme. Like I want you to look at these two things right. and she sees 
well, they're the same image. Well, that's NC State and, and North Carolina, except that North Carolina gets talked about in one way and NC State gets talked in another. But you know why one school gets talked about one way and why the other school doesn't? That's a you problem. That's a messaging problem. NC State fucks up messaging all the time. And Dave, how many times have we talked about the two Daves? I want to apologize to Dave, actually. Because a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Herb Sendek Zone. Now, I think the larger point about the Herb Sendek Zone is valid. Yeah. However, you know what Herb Sendek would never do? Herb, Herb would with Steve ne- Smith. He would never <laughs> do that. And you know how many times, because you and I have been doing this long enough, how many times SC State fans say, my, my thought on Herb would have changed if he just would have blown up. Given the butt slap to Coach right, K. Right, yeah. right, right. Mark Godfrey will always say what you want about Mark Godfrey. He slapped Coach K's ass after he beat him. Herb never would have done that. So Dave, Dave gets this. He actually wins over some of the fan. Like the people who ride for Dave look at that and they double down on riding for Dave because that's the kind of shit that NC State fans look for in a coach. Give them the red meat. Mm-hmm. You can say it's contrived. You can say this and that. I don't give a crap. Ultimately, you got to speak to your constituency and your constituency loves this, loves it. And they also love the fact that with all to get back to the point about the comparisons, they still find a way to beat North Carolina. North mm-hmm. Carolina is supposed to have these generational QBs. North Carolina's got this window for a national championship, and they still go out there and they win with Ben freaking Finley as their quarterback. Okay. So I get where Dave's coming from. I actually think what Dave's doing is very relatable as somebody who has had longevity, as somebody who has had to do more with less resources, and you don't get your flowers, they get you get your breaking point. You've seen me break. Mm-hmm. You've seen me break. So I do think that where Dave is coming from is more relatable. I don't think the fans are going to ultimately change their minds. The people who are done with Dave are done with Dave. But, hey, man, I give him credit because sometimes you got to put your foot down and fight for yourself. I, and that, to your point about longevity and, and avoiding the blips, this, that's why this season was so important. Yes. It couldn't be another three and nine. It couldn't be four and eight And either. it's not going to be. And I'm I, look, I'm sure they'll find another one more win on this schedule. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that wake in the bizarro world. It was important. Keon Coleman. It was important for them to not have another one of those three and nine or four and eight disasters. And, and by happening. winning this game, even five and seven to me, even just that's there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, for most programs. There's nothing wrong with your basement being five wins. Well, every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over Raleigh. Wings Over Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Greenville. I had Wings Over on Friday. I went overboard. I got the tenders, too, to go with the wings. Oh, Jackson loves the lobster roll chicken tenders. I had the sweet Korean fire. Ooh. Try that one. I had mango habanero yesterday. Had that one, too. And we went, I went, oh, I went overboard. I went overboard. And one too many groove wagons. So should as I was you. watching the canes on Friday. So should you. Wings over. Wingsover.com. Yeah. Order. Go pick it up. There's free parking on Hillsborough Street. They're also in Greenville. Shouts to Sam from Sherpa, who helps us with our books. I love it. Her son is at ECU. And she's like, hey, there's a Wings Over Greenville. Let's go. And I said, yes, I have a, I have a special gift for you. On a Wings Over spice level, from one little pepper on the menu to three peppers on the menu, where is Mac Brown? on the fans are just kind of fed up with waves hands wildly of what's going on in Chapel Hill, because what happened in Atlanta, it's funny. The, the Virginia loss was a shocker, a legit shocker, especially in how it happened where Virginia just straight up beat UNC, no flukiness, whatever. Losing in Atlanta was so predictable that I thought it wouldn't happen. Like, no way. No way they back up what happened against Virginia. Not Go the to week Atlanta. After. The, week the week after. after. Yeah. Because again, when you're looking at that two-week stress, you're going, yeah, they'll take care of Virginia. And then they'll lose in Atlanta because they always lose in Atlanta. And then we'll have this referendum. But to lose these two weeks in a row and nothing fluky about them, especially in the fourth quarter for Georgia Tech, where they straight up said, you can't stop us, went out there and ran it down their throat and you have yet another historical rushing just disaster for North Carolina's defense, which was not supposed to be the case this year. That's the shock of the weekend. The fact that North Carolina's defense, which had been competent, 
And that's all you asked out of UNC. Just be competent this year has fallen off in such a way that it is truly shocking to me. And look, I love Tim Hasselbeck, Wes Durham, and Hasselbeck on the crew on Saturday night on the ACC Network. They do a wonderful job. But I absolutely disagree with what Hasselbeck was saying about North Carolina's defense in the second half. He kept saying they were gassed, they were gassed, they were gassed. They were not gassed. They were barely on the field in the third quarter. It's not that they were gassed. They were confused. They didn't know what to do. They looked unprepared two weeks in a row to stop the run. That's on coaching to the point where Cedric Gray, after the game, confirmed what I thought. He straight up said, we were confused. And the coaching staff has to be able to read the room, Joe, when you are finding yourself in a battle and you can't stop them, you don't settle for a field goal, which they ultimately missed with about seven minutes to go. Settling for a field goal only would have put you up six. What about what had been happening in that game would lead you to believe that the defense could be trusted to make a stop and then get the ball back? So what did Georgia Tech do after they missed the field goal? They went right down the freaking field on basically three running plays and scored, and that was essentially your ball game. I was shocked by this, and it really does put a complete damper on Mac Brown's season and really the Mac Brown tenure the rest of the way. Again, they can, they're not, I'm not saying they're going to lose out or whatever it is, but there's nothing about this North Carolina team after what looked like a pretty competent team that you could believe in. They're back out of the trust tree, man. It's wild to see. Georgia Tech ran for 246 yards in the fourth <laughs> quarter. In the fourth quarter. <laughs> 246 yards in the fourth quarter is more yards than they've given up all season in any game mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Dante Smith, uh, who uh, no one should have ever heard of other than his family members, had 61 yards on 13 carries in the first five games of this football season. In the fourth quarter, Dante Smith had 14 carries for 140 yards. Dante Smith had appeared in 47 career games at Georgia Tech, had never rushed for 100 yards against a 1A team before. He had 178 yards in the football game. Mm-hmm. The wild thing to me is, once again, though, this wasn't an example of UNC like you said, oh, they just didn't show up. No, sir. No. It was 42 to 32 mm-hmm. in the football game. Yeah. 42 to 32. North Carolina. North Carolina. You have to close these games out. They can't close for whatever it reason. It was 24-14 against Virginia in the second half. They lose. It's 42-32, and you let Dante Smith yeah. turn into Herschel Walker in the fourth quarter of this football game. Uh, Adrian Peterson, if you want me to update this. Derek Henry, if you want me to update. I, I... I am with Mac Brown, who said he's never seen this before because first quarter, third quarter is Carolina. Then he said second, fourth quarter. And then he said in the fourth quarter, they were awful on defense. Again, why do we love Mac? Because he speaks the truth. He speaks the truth. He is the quote. I've never seen anybody just take it, hand it off and run for 10 yards. Mm -hmm. Crack. I haven't either. And it happened to you. But maybe I have Nebraska. But it happens happens a lot. By the way, one quick note about Georgia Tech and how weird all of this is. Yes. So this is from a way to worthy. Our guy, Brian Ives. Georgia Tech has four wins over AP ranked teams since Brent oh, Key whoa, whoa. was named interim head Why coach. Why are we going Brian Ives? I got a yellow pad on this. Ives points this out. The only <laughs> teams with more are Alabama with six, Notre yeah. Dame with six, TCU with six, and Georgia with five. Yes, you brought out the yellow pad stat as it relates to what's going on here. And well, did I did I close it out? I might have closed it out. But I do want to bring up this yellow pad stat about good teams win. All right. And with the with the spread as well. Because what did North Carolina do again? What did they do again in their loss to Georgia Tech? Double-digit favorite. We joked about it on Thursday. <laughs> we joked about it like, it's oh, not possible. you checked. Like, oh, are they a double-digit favorite against Georgia Tech? No. Yes, it was 11 and a half. I think was where it closed. <laughs> and, and then you even joked like, oh, well, it's clearly not going to happen. We were joking. We were joking. So that's now six ACC opponents that North Carolina has been a double-digit favorite that they've straight up lost since 2027, if you want to include South Carolina, which is why you commend FSU and how they're handling their business this year. It's why you commend, heck, Virginia Tech's come out of nowhere after we wrote them off at the beginning of the season. Virginia Tech is actually low-key in the mix to make the ACC championship to take on Florida State, which is not something that we would have predicted ahead of time. And again, that gets back to the Georgia Tech thing where Brent Key's had some really weird games so far this season. Regardless, back to the defense. Mac Brown's never seen this before. I would suggest that Mac Brown go and subscribe to Dagum Box Scores. Chris over at Dagum Box Scores. Oh, oh. Are, we getting the, are we getting the Baylor 
bowl game? Yes, we are. Oh, no. Yes, you we are. You never want to go Baylor Because bowl Chris put this together on Bless Your Chart. I highly recommend you subscribe to his newsletter because he has a bunch of fun charts and, and, uh, and factoids. North Carolina's ugly rush defense, highest opponent yards per rush attempt in a single game since the 2009 season. You've got Rutgers 2014 where they got 8.1 yards per attempt. And then, yes, the Baylor game where they had 645 yards on the ground. Six, not total offense. With like their fifth string quarterback. On the ground. You got Duke in 18. You got East Carolina in 14. You got Duke again in 15. And you got Georgia Tech in 14. But here we are, Georgia Tech 2023. That's the wild part. I've never seen this before. 7.25 yards per carry. So to answer Max Brown's question, it has happened before. It's happened to North Carolina a lot. And it actually goes beyond coaching tenures. It's not just a Mac problem. It's not just a Gene Chizik problem. As uh, Chris pointed out, of the 11 times this has happened to North Carolina, Gene Chizik's been the, def- the, the defensive coordinator four of those times. So this is a program problem for UNC where they have all the talent in the world. And that's probably the biggest head scratcher and probably the focal point for UNC fans who are understandably frustrated with UNC, Joe. When we sat here, we wondered about their defensive issues coming out of that Orange Bowl win. Mm-hmm. The idea was it wasn't this mm-hmm. Orange Bowl loss. Oh, I'm sorry, Orange Bowl loss. <laughs> See, Thank you. It's the mind Thank, trick. Uh, the mind. No wonder Mac Brown. No <laughs> wonder Dave Dorn gets the mind control. <laughs> so, coming out of that Orange Bowl season and all the optimism around North Carolina, the defense was the well. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. The Orange Bowl that they went to because Notre Dame and North Carolina ended up in the college football playoff. So, the argument that was given to me when I kept pointing out something's got to be done about their defensive scheme, it was, they don't believe it's a scheme problem. They believe that the talent will eventually catch up to where the defense is going to be good. That's what they were doubling down on. And for the first half of the season, it looked like that was finally paying off. But obviously over the last two weeks and what we can expect that over the next couple of, a couple of weeks, I don't, it's back to where we are with North Carolina. And it, and it gets me to a larger question. What's next? You know, Mac Brown is not Dave Dorn in that he's young and he's got multiple years left and you kind of go with it. The Mac Brown 2.0 tenure was always going to be a very tight window to reset UNC's program. And for all the good that Mac Brown has done at North Carolina in resetting the program, getting interest back into it, you almost wonder, is this as far as you can take UNC with Mac Brown, both in the first version back in 1997 and what you've seen over the last couple of years where you can have an NFL QB on your roster. You can have all this talent and yet you don't have the ability to close for all the faults that Dave Dorn is given or, or, or people point out about Dave Dorn. The one thing I can always say about a Dave Dorn team is they're not glass jawed. They might find some really shitty ways to lose a ball game and they have, but they're not glass jawed for whatever reason, North Carolina, the minute somebody punches back, they don't know what to do. And you were like, oh, well, they're up 10 points. Oh, how does Late this happen? in the game. <laughs> well, once they once the other team senses it, they go after it. And North Carolina just goes into a shell. And it's the strangest thing to watch. And their season's only going to get more difficult from here. As much as Mac Brown lamented the end of the season schedule that featured Duke, Clemson, and NC State, he forgot that the Coastal always knocks and this last two weeks is peak coastal chaos, man, that gets UNC in the end. And it makes me wonder about big picture questions about North Carolina and what is next for the Tar Heels, because I think we kind of know what Mac Brown 2.0 is about. Talent, off-season discussions, getting people back in the building, all the warm fuzzies, but two and two against uh, NC State the last four years and more catastrophic losses that completely change the tenor of your season. That's Mac Brown 2.0 so far. In Chapel Hill. A lot of sizzle. Yeah, no man. steak. No steak at all. No steak at all. What do you do? I don't know the answer to that. I just want to be abundantly clear. I'm simply saying this is kind of what it is with Mac Brown 2.0. And what do you do next? You're if- slipping. That was a perfect seg to the butcher's market ad. Well, hold on a second. Where North Carolina can get their steaks. Technically speaking. Ed isn't until uh, the next break. Ah, see my time. But you know what? That's okay. 
that's okay. We can actually do the book. No, it was a good segue. I'm going to give you a lot of credit. Okay. I'm going to give you a lot of credit. So yes, we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and we're going to do the butchers right now Perfect. instead of the end. So I'll just go ahead and cross this off. Okay. So yeah, butcher's market, all the sizzle and actual meat and the actual delivery. Yes. <laughs> get those steak sandwiches, get the meat, get the, the homemade hot dogs, get the chicken, get the sides, you name it. They have it. Go check them out. They have great, uh, Great selection of everything you need for your tailgates, including the stuff, how to cook. Doesn't get any better, man. Yeah, they have, um, they got the steak of the month. They've got, um, they got appetizers. They got your whole spread. Uh, look, with Thanksgiving right around the corner, man, mm. this is a good way to entertain. Oh, no. It's a good way to entertain. Oh, man. Just saying. Those grape leaves are money, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, also, big thanks to State Farm. Matt Davis over at State Farm, insuregarner.com. Check them out online. The OG Insurance is another website you can hit. To, that takes you to the website, or you can just call them directly because there's an actual human there. 919-779-8277. Yeah, save yourself some money. Figure out what you have for your home auto needs, insurance needs. Give Matt a call, 919-779-8277. Couple other housekeeping. You can buy our t-shirts, breakingtea.com slash OG. I'm actually rocking the, uh, the hockey-inspired one. Saw somebody at the game on Thursday night with an Ovius and Julio shirt. That shirt, love it. Stocked them on the uh, concourse. It's great. Love it. So yeah, go ahead, uh, head on over to an Ovius and Julio shirt in the wild. In the wild, and not a family member wearing it. Nope. <laughs> hey man, like people are actually buying them. So again, go check that out. breakingtcom slash OG. And one other bit of housekeeping. housekeeping. I was watching the game on the CW. And we did not get an F boy Island read. I know I had to go get my own. So you went up, you were at the game and you visited our friends, Tom Wormy, James Bates. Bates is the one who does the F boy Island read. Yep. You gave him, you gave him a shirt. I did. You gave him a shirt. So here we go. Where is the F boy Island promo? Yeah. How about that? We show up at the truck on Friday, all excited after living a dream all week long. And there's no promo. There's no promo for FBOY Island. It's not okay. It's in our hearts. Why do you keep saying it's okay? It's in our hearts. It's not okay. There's other good shows. The Swarm is good. I watched FBOY Island this week. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. 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 It's the second time. The second time I've seen it. Just to be ready. Yeah. And all for not. Well, it wasn't because I I feel like I got smarter. Did I say smarter? Smart, smarter. More smart. Yes, we show. watched it. We watched it. But like the worm, you love Ovius and Jillio, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Stars only. Well, that's, yeah. Why I'm wearing, that's why I'm wearing the shirt Positive deal. Five. F, yeah. <laughs> F, F boys only. <laughs> Freddie in the background. Freddie's just like, like, yeah, cool. Oh, you know? I saw the worm and I'm like, he's like, come on, come on into the, come on over to the booth and I'm over there. And then the, the other producer was like, we have like three minutes. Because I'm Oh, oh, I'm man. like, we can be quick. Don't worry. We got don't, this. Dude, don't, this. don't F with TV producers, oh, man. Do not F with TV we producers. We had fun. It was <laughs> oh, man. The Panthers won, Joe. Let's I told, go. I told you they weren't going 0-17. You know what? Um, I can say this definitively. Uh, what, you know, what, is the, what does the win mean? For the Bryce Carolina Panthers, definitely better than CJ Stroud now. Yes, clearly he got the QB Obviously. wins, right? So, what does this mean for the Panthers? I'll tell you what it means for the Panthers. They won't go zero and seventeen. So, that's that's about it. That that's all I can really give you. It's great that they won, but there was a lot of the a lot of the same issues for the Panthers in this game over Houston. The offensive line continues to be a problem. Wide receivers still still dropping the ball. But you know what? You're probably wondering, man, why are you harshing the vibe? What happened to the positive fives only? So here is Bryce Young after the game. He was all, it's funny. I watched the YouTube press conference from the Panthers website and he got to the podium. He was all smile. I have not seen Bryce Young smile since training camp, dude. It's been that kind of season for Bryce Young. So to see him at the podium, all smiles, it was, it was good. That was good to see. Bryce, how would you describe your kind of reaction to this? Is this relief, excitement? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely an exciting feeling, you know, um, as we know, uh, wins aren't aren't easy to come by in this league, and you know it's it, it's great to get on the board, great great to get one. And you know, right now, obviously, it's we're fresh, it, everyone's enjoying it, and and we're super super happy about it. Um, but it's a lot of excitement. But at the same time, you know, right now is the time for us to enjoy it and 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 have fun. And but tomorrow we come back and watch the film, and there's a lot of stuff that we still can get better at, still can improve at. And um, you know, we we don't want to be the team with that got a win on was week week eight. This is, you know, we have to keep building off of this. Um, and, and, and that's a long journey. That's a long road. 
Uh, and that's going to come with with the work that that comes throughout the week and we continue to build off of. So right now, a lot of excitement. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to turn the page on this and just like any other week, make sure we keep getting better. Win or lose for Bryce Young, the kid is absolutely not the kid. He's a grown ass man. He is absolutely right on point he with could, the coach. We speak. could use some of his optimism, too. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Here's uh, here's Frank Reich after finally uh, breaking the losing streak, getting their first win of the season. You know, these guys have been great. You want you know, you want to see the results. Um, you know, we know that we're building the results and but you need to you just need to see them at some point. And I don't think the guys have wavered. That's to their credit. Um, but this is going to be a great win to build confidence off of. And, you know, that's a good football team. You know, they don't make many mistakes. They've been playing good team football um, that that team makes you beat them. And, you know, I thought we did that today. We went out and proved we were the better team and we didn't beat ourselves. And we, you know, we put our best football on the field for 60 minutes and came away with a win. I feel like there's a theme of the day of not beating yourself, right? We started talking Something about, to that. you know, with NC State, you know, they didn't beat themselves. They cut down on the mistakes. Carolina Panthers, which have had a lot of procedural penalties this year, a lot, you know, right out, right out of the gate, they put themselves back, but they did cut it down. But again, right out of the gate, they get the kickoff and they already have to work from a long field position because of a special teams mistake. And then, you know, you get to drop past everything else, but North Carolina, right? For the Tar Heels, as we were just talking about. Reason why they find themselves in this situation is because they continue to make mistakes. They have the penalties that start racking up at inopportune times. Special teams break down, missed field goal, all those types of things. So there is something to not beating yourself. Do I think this is some sort of inflection point for the rest of the Carolina Panthers season? Not necessarily. Because a lot of their physical issues are still there. And I am curious to see how the Carolina Panthers address any of this this season with the trade deadline this week. I think it's what, it's Tuesday afternoon. Are the Panthers actually going to be moving? I know Frankie Louvu has been a revelation this season. Are they actually going to trade him away? Brian Burns, are you going to give him a big-time contract? Or are you going to use him as some sort of asset to replenish your draft assets? And then obviously, as you mentioned, you've got a salary cap space that you can work with to somewhat get better. But I don't... They got to figure out a way to get out of Miles Sanders' contract. There's that. that right He's now. been useless. It was more, you know, running back by committee in this game. Which, okay, fine. If Miles Sanders isn't going to give it to you, you might as well try things else. You know, something else. I mean, maybe there's optimism with Thomas Brown and the play calling. Okay, that's cool. Whatever. They scored 15 points, Joe. I, I understand that, but they won. <laughs> so therefore, it was all Thomas Brown's credit, Joe. It was all Thomas Brown. Here's Frank Reich on how this matters in terms of building going forward, or if it changes anything that they finally won. Didn't expect it to be, you know, this date. Um, did not expect it to be this date, but it is what it is. You know, we're not looking back. I'm not, no regrets. It's just part of the season and you look forward to the next week. And, you know, for me personally, I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay day to day and um, try to continue to get better. We come in here tomorrow, watch the film, look at it, be critical as coaches and as players, figure out how we can get better. You know, we need to be a team that on the second half of the year that we just get a little bit better every week. And if we do that, then good things will happen. So, again, that's Frank Reich after the game. I guess the other thing that I can say that's a positive for this going forward, I can say definitively, I guess it helps you when it comes to not giving the Chicago Bears another top pick in the draft, maybe. So they, we, It's good not to have zero in the wing call. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Is, that, is that the best thing we can say about the Panthers this week? Yeah. All right. You know what? Positive vibes always. Speaking of vibes, head on over to Graffiti in downtown Cary. Every time we talk about the Panthers, it's brought to you by Graffiti. They got an incredible bourbon selection. Tuesdays, break-even night at Graffiti. Sundays, they got great specials uh, for football. They have all the games on. Again, those bourbon specials are top-notch. You cannot find these bourbon specials anywhere else. It's incredible what they're doing over at Graffiti. What's not incredible is the current state of QB play in the NFL. And I think what... I think my shoulder shrug reaction to what I've seen out of the Panthers is it doesn't change any of the conversation we've really had about them this year. So yes, good to finally get the win. Great that for one week, we're not sitting here going, is Bryce Young a bust or not? Because he got the QB wins over CJ Stroud. But what's going on with the Panthers is actually indicative of what's going on in the rest of the NFL. Did you see all the quarterbacks that had to play this weekend? Right. You could have a quiz right now. (laughs) If I told you Tommy DeVito got no. game reps, no, he no, actually not played. Believe. You were like, who, what? Yeah, I don't recognize him when you don't call him by his full name, that is, which is poor Tommy DeVito. Poor yeah. Tommy DeVito. 
former Syracuse quarterback who literally just got his insides just scrambled Mm -hmm. and his brain knocked in at Syracuse while their offensive line completely neglected his personal health. So Tommy DeVito had to go out there and try to win a football game for the New York Giants. They ended Mm -hmm. up losing in overtime. And Tommy DeVito actually gets to a larger question that I have about NFL coaches and front offices. (laughs) Why do you sign a quarterback to your roster you don't trust to throw the ball? Is that some NFL galaxy brain I'll never understand? Like, you you feel that he's good enough to make the roster to be elevated to play in a backup situation, and yet you don't want him throwing it down the field? I will give you 100 American dollars right now if you could name where Minnesota's new quarterback went to school. Uh, who is the new quarterback? Now that Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. Who is it? His name is Jaron Hall. No, it's not. You're making that up. I am not making it up. Where did he play? I don't know. Some FBS school or FCS school, I should say. Where did he play? Troy. <laughs> he shares the same alma mater as Zach Wilson. Oh, okay. I see. Speaking of Zach Wilson, can't kill Zach Wilson. No. <laughs> he's a star now compared to the rest of these guys. He, but he's he Although Aaron Rodgers is out there dropping back now too, Joe. So what's funny about that is I was watching the end of that Giants uh, Jets game. Everybody in New York has made up their minds about Zach Wilson. They're mm-hmm. eating him alive. And yet, and yet the Jets still keep finding ways to win. And I think the best reaction was, yeah, the best thing you can say about the Jets win is that they were just playing the Giants. Like you should win that game. Man, put some respect. A miracle on. comeback. It was a miracle comeback. Put some respect on Zach Wilson's name. No, but I'm all kidding. I'm not trying to act as though Zach Wilson's some sort of you know great second coming of quarterbacks where he's going to be the comeback player of the year. Zach Wilson's just a dude. He's he's okay. He's he's whatever. I think he's an avatar that people want to bang on because oh my god, we could have had Aaron Rodgers. And I keep telling you that the greatest thing that ever could have happened to Aaron Rodgers this season is that freaking injury because the Jets are not a good team. Overall, they're not a good team. And Aaron Rodgers would be having some of these frustrations and they'd be eating Aaron Rodgers alive with some of these games. But Zach Wilson's the easy target. But yeah, man, what I love about the Jets is that they're there rolling for the camera at all times. It was raining at MetLife. And, you know, Robert Sala has this routine. He's got this ritual. He goes down to the field. He was still jogging down there in the rain. Got to make sure the camera's rolling. Same with Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Got to make sure the camera's there so you see me dropping back. And that leaves his boy, Pat McAfee, to go on social media going, this man <laughs> science are an amazing thing. <laughs> Buddy, he's just dropping back. Like, why do we got to do this for Aaron Rodgers? He's not playing this year. He's oh, not no, playing. Back. He's not back. playing this year. <laughs> he's not playing this year. And if he does, he's going to get hurt again, and that'll be the end of his career. <laughs> but, yeah, the Kirk Cousins injury completely changes uh. everything ahead of the, uh, the, the trade deadline because a lot of people were wondering what they were going to do with Kirk Cousins and his contract. Was there a team that was a quarterback away? Like, for instance, do you think pre-injury that Kyle Shanahan would have appreciated having Kirk Cousins on the roster for this uh, 49ers squad? Or is the bloom simply off the rose for the San Francisco 49ers now that they've lost three in a row? They've had injuries starting to pile up. And Brock Purdy, again, is just a dude. He's just a guy. I Yeah, I don't think their offense is the problem. I, this We saw this in the playoffs last year, the yeah. Niners, yeah. when Purdy actually got hurt. People think they're like the 85 Bears on defense. They're not. They're they're just not. Yeah, that's fair. So you, know, you still have to win football games the same way as everybody else. You're not just going to shut people out. Meanwhile, you got Tyson uh, Bangett mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago uh, with Justin Fields. Hurt. Will Levis had to come in in Tennessee. So now all of a sudden we have our... The mayonnaise, look, man. Here we go. Four touchdowns uh, for the Tennessee Titans. On the other side of that, it looks like uh, Arthur Smith is finally done with the Desmond Ritter experiment. He got benched. I think For they, our guy, Taylor Heineke, yeah, who I, should be I mean, how many different places? You and I, if you just stayed in the pan, there's like, there's an alternate universe where he's like, you know, you and I were a perfectly having, acceptable quarterback. You and I were having this uh, conversation the other day, trying to remember where Heineke was. I, for some reason, I thought he was still in Washington, but no, no I was wrong. Now, speaking of Washington, you, you, you know how we started this conversation with poor Tommy DeVito? Oof. Man, poor Sam Howell. Sam Oof. Howell's having flashbacks to bad offensive line play when he was at UNC. Look, there's a Feaster fan with Sam Howell. I still maintain in Washington what Sam Howell is doing is very much what you expect out of Sam Howell. This is Washington's not a good team. And Sam's giving you a chance to win, uh, but there's a lot of bad that comes along with that. He holds the ball, just like he held the ball at UNC. He takes sacks that he probably shouldn't take, but he also could break out some plays. So Desmond Ritter is benched. Meanwhile, but again, Atlanta is still kind of the cream of the crop in the, in the NFC South. 
which adds to the frustration level if you're a Panthers fan. And then, of course, you got the Patriots falling back down to earth. Dolphins taking care of business in a very kind of ant way against the Patriots. And you got the what? Whoa, 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 whoa. You got the Mac don't Jones you, discourse. Don't you try to yada yada the Dolphins. I'm yada yadaing the Dolphins. Don't you try yada yadaing them. Oh, man. I'm sorry. It popped, man. They did it again. It's easy to do against the Patriots. Oh, come on. It's, that's easy to do against the Patriots. No, it's not. But it is interesting, the difference between how we talk about the San Francisco 49ers who had another clunker and they got injuries piled up versus what the Kansas City Chiefs did, where the Chiefs, I guess this comes with reputation and well, they've won two. They've won two rings. So so you and the Chiefs have a game. It's well, The Chiefs have a game every season. That's a clunker. Every season. Where they're just it, like, you it's know, it's usually what? the Chargers that they lose to. You're just like, oh, or the Raiders. The Raiders like to pop them too. Like you just, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. You just don't. Was have Taylor it. Swift there? Um, Unlikely, right? I don't think she was there for that game. Yeah, Mister Unlimited. I feel like I would have seen three touchdown passes. I know, I know. I feel like I would have seen more clips of Taylor Swift if she was yeah. there. So I didn't see any. So I'm going to assume that she was not there. And yes, the Denver Broncos <laughs> off the schneid. Yada yada yada. And the Dolphins, who who. The difference between the Dolphins and the rest of the NFL is they have guys who can pop plays. Yeah. Three kill, 42 yarder, Jalen Waddle, 31 yarder. But you're like, no, it's, we when, know they, that about it's them. when they play bad teams. We know uh, that about them. We know that no, about you, the Dolphins. You, you know how I feel about them. Dolphins they are an exotic car. Are going to be in the Super Bowl. No, it's going to be the Eagles. And so are the 49ers. The did you see the Eagles going back to the Washington uh, Philly game? And we have, we have a big, you know, Eagles Dallas Cowboys game coming up. Yes. People are yada yada yadaing the Cowboys, by the way. The Cowboys are a, are a every other week proposition. Yes. yes. Um the do you see the fake tush push? The fake brotherly shove? That's sneaky. Getting smart. They're getting smart about those types of things. But anyway, to close the conversation on the Dolphins. It's not that I'm yada 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 you, you, you did. It's that I know what their flaws are, and they're an sure. exotic sports car that's going to leak oil at one point when they play a defense that can actually get them off schedule. But who plays defense? It's like, look at my sweet exotic <laughs> car. Is that a speed bump? Oh, no. I just Ooh, tore man. out the transmission <laughs> by going over the speed bump because my car is too low. What was the thing you said? The torque bar, <laughs> which is a real thing, by the way. I Googled it. I Googled it. Torque bar is a real thing. <laughs> torque bar. Goodness gracious. Check out Hometown Realty, uh, myhtr.com. Uh, these are brokers all across North Carolina. The jo- I see ads for websites telling you what your value is. These are algorithms. These are not real world scenarios. This is not understanding the market that you're in. That's what Hometown Realty can do when you work with them. When it comes to selling a house, you're not leaving money on the table. You're getting the maximum value because there's people out there who want to buy your house, man. Yeah, real people, real agents, real experience, real expertise. That's Hometown Realty. And the best part, go to the website, myhtr.com. Could not be more simple or efficient to use. Shout out to the mortgage calculator. 60% of their business, new homes. Mm -hmm. You want to get it in, got to have the experts. That's Hometown Realty, myhtr.com. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hammer. Let's say you just bought a house and you got a ticket to close. They can handle that. You find yourself in a situation where you had to refinance, even if rates are high. Again, they can close that stuff out for you. Or you might have yourself a traffic violation mm. like Joe Giglio, and he's got to do some community service. I made it to and from Charlotte hey. without incident. I'm very proud of myself. Let's go. Um, but yes, you still need the help of Whitaker and Heyman, wh.lawyer. And also big thanks to Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. You bought a house. You've closed on said house. Got to protect that thing, Now you got to protect the house. Look, we got 360 deals here, folks. We take care of all angles. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority can handle that for you. Uh, They did the mosquito treatments for me all summer and into the false fall. And of course, now that we are entering the winter, you got critters are going to come in for warmth. You need the barriers, all that stuff. Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority can handle it. Go to bugsbite.com. Punch in that zip code. Get yourself some deals. Get some coupons. Save yourself some money. Bugsbite. Dot com. Big shouts to Hayes Lancaster, the OG OG. Next topic, please. So on Friday night, I was hanging out with neighbor Rick and went to wings over after Jacob's hockey practice. Got a whole bunch of stuff. 25 wings. I think we got 12 tendies. The garlic Parmesan tots are always money. Shout out to Riley. Groove wagon. Drop by the Peace Street Market to get my Magnifico. 
And I settle in for the night. We're watching some Canes hockey. It's, you know, I'm just blowing off steam from a busy week. So I just enjoyed the Canes game from the perspective of hat trick for Tavo. Hey, Andre Svechnikov is back. Good to see them looking like themselves from the third period of the Kraken game. Yes. And then taking absolute care of business against a bad San Jose team. So that was fun to watch. But Joe, you were working. Mm. I, well, first of all, Kane's above, back above 500. So whew, our long national everything nightmare is, everything is right in the world. It right? is over. <laughs> <laughs> we had Taravon and now seven goals on the year. That's, that's kind of crazy. He had 12 all of last oh. year. Now he's got seven. We, we talk about, I know you had uh, retweeted the clip, the YouTube interview we, we did with Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Panther, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. But when we sat in the beer cave with him at Breeze Through, he was very high on Tavo turning things around. And so far, that's absolutely paid out. I guess their little stats, their, their predictive measures are way better than ours, Joe. Yeah. I, Rod Brindamore went full Dean Smith in the postgame okay. on Friday. Please explain. Forever, Dean. Okay, so basketball points mm-hmm. per possession. Mm-hmm. That was a it's Ken Palm has obviously kind of popularized that, but forever that was a Carolina thing. Yeah, and it was actually Roy Williams's one of his jobs was to keep track of points per possession. Okay, back in the day when he was just a, a student at, at North Carolina, so Dean Smith was so far ahead of everybody else. Also, Dean Smith would keep track of of assists even when you went to the free throw line. So he would often in post game say. Well, you know, that that's not the way that we keep track of stats. Mm-hmm. Like he was very big on how we keep track of stats. So when Rod Brandemore said this, uh, he was asked by Corey Laviolette about, you know, just kind of getting some wins and playing more like themselves. Hold on a second. Let me hit play. Do you feel like things are, are rounding in the right direction now after after that rough start? Well, you know, you look at the start, the, the wins and stuff obviously weren't there, but it wasn't as bad as everybody was you know, freaking out about, you know, you look at a lot of the metrics, the way we look at it, and it wasn't all that off. It was just, we weren't, you know, getting a timely save like we got tonight. And um, just a couple little things were definitely off, but overall, I mean, the effort was there. Um, And, you know, tonight, I just think it was, it was more, we got the big saves when we needed it. And, other than that, I mean, I don't. I didn't see a ton of difference to our game. Giving up thirteen goals in two games is not I, the way that the Canes play. I, I, I don't. Sure I, what metric? I, I'd love to know. About. I would love to know what metric he's talking about. We're like, well, you know, our stats shows. I, and we, and is, I get it. Is that Freddie, some? Is that some Dabo energy? There was, but Freddie played well in the second half of basically that game uh, against Seattle on Thursday, and then Auntie Ronzo really was good. He only had uh, twenty saves, but he really was good. There were a lot of quality chances by. San Jose, but look, when he, once he said that, I'm like looking around the room trying to find anybody who was here when Dean was here and there was nobody there. So I was like, man, what? I, the one time I need Chipper or, or you know, Bob Holiday to be in the game to be like, hey, man, he just went full Dean Smith. I love that. But Auntie Ranta did come up with Luke and I went over and talked to him. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what he was trying to say to us mm-hmm. because there were some pearls of wisdom there about. When it's hard, it's not easy. And, and when it's not easy, it's hard. And we were both like, and Luke was like, is that a finish saying? Let me, <laughs> let, 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 let me hear the clip here. Sometimes you go rough batches, but you know, if it if it would be if it would be easy, it wouldn't be hard. So it, once it would be easy, if, it wouldn't be hard. Yeah. What's that's makes sense to me. Oh so now it's <laughs> when it's hard, it's it's not easy. So He's when right. it's hard, it's not easy. Not easy. All right, hold on. Okay, I, I love the locker room. Oh, hold on. <laughs> right, right. Sometimes you go rough batches, but you know, if it if it would be if it would be easy, it wouldn't be hard. So now it's when it's hard, it's it's not easy. So I so think you're saying I don't know. I, I, I'd say now, put that on a shirt, but now Luke, there might be a double entendre there. I mean, Luke is uh, Luke is learning Finnish. I know. So props to him on on. I mean, when the locker room is fifty percent finished, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm I'm embellishing. I think what Rata is trying to say, the old father Finn is trying to say, is that we know it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was that easy, everyone could do it. Exactly. I think that's, I what, think. He's, I think that's what he's trying to say. Is that, does that work? Are we workshopping that? There's still a shirt to be made there somewhere. 
All right. We got to get smarter. Let's let's get out of here on some on some Hey Joe questions. Uh, I actually it's brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. It's Monday. Monday. Not open today. Yeah. So just just letting you know. Um, Shouts so, to Chung Easy, man. I was over there on Friday with Chung. We had a good time. So I have a Hey Joe question for you. OK. Uh, hey, Joe, uh, was Pat Narduzzi technically right? When he talked about replacing players and not doing a good job with that, uh, Dave Doran's picking fights with his fans, yeah, you know, through Steve Smith and and Bartnard is he's just picking fights with his players, yeah, man, it's, it's straight, it's pretty up. wild. So, um, so you had you had put a yellow pad stat out in terms of NFL draft picks that Pitt has put out. Pitt has been producing draft picks, man. pumping out the pros, man. Yeah. He's not wrong, like. He's all like, I, Dabo could probably do the same thing. Like, hey guys, like, uh, we're, we're we have to replace a bunch of NFL guys. You just can't do it every year. He can't do it all the time. And, and to your point, he he seems to have ticked off a good chunk of his uh, players. Yeah. Uh, this is from Cody Nagel over at twenty uh, twenty four seven Sports. If I can, uh, let me. I'm doing this on YouTube, folks, on the Streamyard. So hold on a second. I got one too many things going on here. So I pull up this tweet. Corey says, "Well, that's one way to lose a locker room." And it's all this reaction from a variety of their players. And 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 people have tried to say that he was taken out of context. Uh, the original reporter had just kind of done a summary on Twitter. Yeah. No, this was not a context issue. I understood what, what well, Pat the original, Narduzzi... Yeah, the original quote, t- quote tweet that the players were reacting yes. to wasn't a full it wasn't. comment. But, but ultimately, his... you're saying... I've lost a bunch of good players and now I don't have good players. And that's, but he said, that's on us. Like it's, it's sure. on us not replacing with the guys. <laughs> we got to do a better job coaching, but yes, to your point, it truly still is. Yeah, man, we didn't replace dudes with dudes. Yeah. And what Pat, where Pat Narduzzi ultimately messed up is he can feel that way, but he didn't follow his own advice, Joe. What the hell is that blue negative thoughts vase for? If you're not going to use it. Just take it and throw it in the vase, man. You That's might all. feel that way. Write it down. Crumple it up. <laughs> put it in the vase. Dear vase, this roster stinks. Just put, put it in the vase. I don't know why that's your roster. I miss Servacci. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, to I am the Gumi. Hey, Joe, does the fact that Gibson consistently came out and cover zero on third and medium against Clump say more about the confidence he has in RDBs, the lack of dudes at Clump? Or Klubnik's ability to handle a blitz. Yeah, I succinctly answered this one with both. I think all both. of the above. Yep. All of the above on that one. Uh, and again, that gets back to jarring, man. It, it really is, is weird jarring to watch, watch Clemson not have a running back or receiver that has any kind of wiggle. Really is weird. Uh, from our guy Nation. Love that dude. Big UNC fan. He's like, yeah, New Year's New Year's Six Bowl and a division title more than Dave Dorn has accomplished in Raleigh in 11 New years. New Year's Six Bowl again. Yeah, gigantic asterisk, gigantic. But it's there. It, they did I, it. I know. Although I, know. I and I also they added, literally had the same season. I, I also added that. Don't forget that Mac has helped salvage NC State seasons the last two years. Fair. Very generous. Yeah. Very generous over at uh, at Chapel Hill. Of course, Dimitri, our guy, coming and saying <laughs> ACC football pissing contests are so cute. Which Dimitri? I get what you're saying. They're our pissing contests. It's how we find entertainment. But the bill's going to be coming due at Alabama Ooh. soon. Okay. God, I really hope he doesn't steal one this year. He I might. Really hope he doesn't. He might. Steal one this he year. might. But here's the thing: we knew what Alabama was before Nick Saban, and we have a good idea of what Alabama can yeah. be after Nick Saban. Yeah. And heck, Kirby Smart has obviously been turning Especially things around since now that uh, Dadbo Dat Boy does Dad not Boy. seem to be the Roy Williams succession plan. My goodness. Uh, from our guy Owen, totally underrated football game day snacks: <laughs> Swedish meatballs. <laughs> Bonus: you get to talk like the Swedish chef when you're cooking. Pork, pork, pork. Come here, Chicky. Pulls aside a loaded for <laughs> He's a nut. Love that one. <laughs> Are Swedish meatballs an underrated football food? Um, I'm, I'm not a fan, so. Really? Yeah. What just... about the, uh, but what about just cocktail meatballs? Like in a, in a marinara or like a barbecue sauce? Yeah. No, not feeling it? I'm a, I have a very specific taste in meatballs. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And lastly, from Victor, a fellow pirate, clearly. Mm. Uh, my 25-year-old son is getting into vinyl, looking to get into a turntable for Christmas. Aww. If I remember correctly, you are also into vinyl. Any recommendation on a turntable? Thanks for your input and advice. Uh, two thoughts on this as we get out of here. The first one is, if you're looking for an entry-level turntable, I suggest Audio-Technica. They've been around for a long time. They have ones that have built-in Bluetooth capabilities. So if you want to like go to your sound systems and whatnot. I know, vinyl with Bluetooth <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> Mind blown, right? 
regardless. Audio-Technica makes really good entry-level to high-end turntables with easily replaceable parts. I just want to hear the needle, though. I just want to hear the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good stuff. That's a good ASMR. If you want something that is vintage from, like, back in the day, like my setup, I have a Sony setup that's essentially late 70s, early 80s time frame Sony. Yeah, you're just missing the fuzzy green carpet. I really am. I really am. Then, um, gratuitous plug for our friends over at SoundOff Mm -hmm. in downtown Raleigh. Uh, Aaron and Anna do a great job. Anna's helped us with a lot of our graphics. Uh, and Aaron loves rebuilding old stereo equipment. Like that's his thing. He's fixed a couple of my things up. Although I think I broke them on cassette decks. I gave him like the ultimate challenge and he was really frustrated with my cassette deck, but that's another story altogether. Anyway, if you're looking for an old turntable, they have a lot of refurbished ones. They're really good stuff and old speakers to go with it. So by all means, go check them out over at SoundOff. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. Enjoy your community service, Joe. Brylow's going to hang out with us. We'll see you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.